everyone. This is SBO Perspectives, and I am Dr. Jack Mitchell here along with the esteemed John Bucato. Right on cue, John Bucato. And I mean, you know what? This episode, I preface this every time. And I guess this is the part where every listeners are like, the anticipation unfolds. It's like the drum rolls. It's coming right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I have to be? tell you, I have to tell you, those out there, that our, our next guest really will bring a lot of insight to business officials new coming up. So, John, why don't you get into who we have on? Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to introduce Chris Carballo. He's a brand new business official, two months on the job. He's at the Highland Falls, Fort Montgomery Central School District in New York and was actually my former intern. And I thought that it would be good to bring him on just to give our listeners a perspective of somebody who has really just entered the field, has started their first business official position and is coming from something totally different than public schooling. He really gives us his, his insight, what he learned throughout his schooling, and gives us some really good advice in terms of what it takes to be a business official starting out. So here's our interview with Chris Carballo. Today on the podcast, we have Chris Carballo. He's the assistant superintendent for business at the Highland Falls, Fort Montgomery Central School District. Chris, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Chris, how are you doing? Good to meet you guys. Good to be here with you. How are you? Yeah, same here. Heard some good things about you. And I, I'm excited because, especially for our listeners, I don't know how much you've been accustomed to our podcast, but the SPO Perspectives is really just it, Perspectives. And just going into it, they're going to hear from someone directly in you who's gone through this internship process and now has gotten into the seat. And so that's what I really want to start off with. I want to know, if you can, in a nutshell, what's your story and I guess, how did you become a school business official to where you are right now? Interesting story. I was jokingly say that I decided at some point in my career that it was time to use my powers for good and not evil because <laughs> now I, I had a short career in the IT industry. And then after that, I moved into business operations and finance in the private sector. I was there for about 12, 15 years managing consumer products, brands, things you have in your house and then your kitchen and cleaning tables or washing dishes or Oddly enough, sunscreens, things like that too. But honestly, COVID, like a lot of folks, gave me a chance to reassess what I wanted to do. <clears throat> I had some time at home. I was chilling a little bit, honestly, helping my children through remote schooling, which <laughs> was a little bit of a blessing in disguise, right? So anyway, took a step back and thought about what I really wanted to do. Okay. I am blessed to have come from a family of teachers. And mm. uh, talking to my brother, the family is, I have cousins, aunts, uncles. My dad was a teacher in New York City system for over 40 years. Wow. My brother's a teacher in Ardsley. Mm. And basically... I was talking with him one day over a Zoom beer, honestly. And uh, he goes, well, think about something different. There's this whole role in schools where you can run the business side of it. It's basically everything except curriculum and instruction. Mm -hmm. And I did my due diligence and asked some questions and got a chance to talk with some folks who are in, in the district where I live with my children go to school who do the job. And I said, yeah, this could be for me. And so then I moved into it and went through the College of St. Rose program in the school and academic side of it. And then went through the internship with your co-host here was my site supervisor, John Bricado. So very nice. Keep it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> good job. <laughs> very good job. And by going through that process, I then was out there and I put my resume in, applied to a few things through OLAS. And in the right timing, it seems I'm sitting here since about first week of July. So wow. business. this yeah. is awesome, man. Yeah. Pretty surprising, pretty exciting. Wasn't quite sure if it was going to work out at a certain point. You had the challenging times, but it was very good. Really enjoyed it. I'm very happy to have made the transition. We had a guest on a couple of weeks ago about her internship process and her kind of searching for a position. And 
She spoke to us about how it's been challenging to find the work, especially trying to breach into the field, not being a sitting school business official before. So I know you and I worked really closely all of last year, and I know this, but maybe can you talk about your experience and kind of the job hunt once you you knew you're getting your certification, you passed your SDBL. What was it like just looking for your first job? Uh, it was a challenge. I think whoever that individual you spoke to last time was correct. You're looking around, you want to find the right fit. And not just in terms of the knowledge base, what you want to do, but the culture as well. But even just finding roles where they're willing to pick you up can be a little challenging because they certainly want people who've had the experience. I, For me, what I think was a benefit was that many years ago, somebody told me your resume shouldn't actually be a list of the things and the places you've been or things you've done. It should mm. be a list of your, how do I put it, of your key accomplishments. Yes. And I basically, what I did was I reworked my resume to highlight from my previous world what mm-hmm. would be relevant here? So things like, yes, business operations management, working with cross-functional teams. Yeah, certainly managing the finances and things like that. And you can pick things, I'm sure, from anyone's background that you could say, okay, this could be relevant sure. in the mm-hmm. world of SBO. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I think that helped me to highlight up front. And then they could go to the second page and find out every crazy office I've been in for the last 15 years or whatever it was. Do you have any- did you have any kind of discouraging moments? Like what, like this isn't working out. I'm having trouble finding my first school business official job. I think the, if anything, it was maybe the first or second set of interviews when you're coming from outside of the school educational space, I didn't really know the questions they were going to ask. I had some insight from yourself and from other folks mm-hmm. that I, I had spoken to, but until you're in the seat sitting there answering those tough questions, you're not really hundred percent prepared for it. So I'd say the first, I, I interviewed a couple of places. <laughs> we'll leave that <laughs> aside for a minute, but at least the first two places I interviewed, which I was very happy to be in the seat, they're in the district. First couple of places, I was like, I'd walk out and go, yeah, I don't think I answered that exactly how I would have liked. Yeah, um, but that this. learning. The learning experience, yeah. Exactly. That learning helped me to get to where I am. So it's all positive in nature. And exactly. The great news is you are now a sitting school business official. So congratulations. You've Thank found the right yes. fit. So you've been in your position a little over a month. How is it going so far? And reflecting on what you're doing now and what you know now, how has your internship and schooling prepared you? And what do you think schools could do better to better prepare aspiring business officials? Sure. It's actually been almost two months now, believe it or not. I'm really enjoying it. It's really good. I, I think for anybody who does step into this, understand the first four to six weeks are going to be drinking out of a fire hose. You're trying to figure out what's what. And everybody's like, oh, can I get this? Can I buy that? And you're like, I don't even know if we have money let alone if we can have right. more money and extra money. Yeah, because it's not your budget. It's right? not your budget. I'm I'm pretty blessed to have now, of course, the state says you have to have a, a mentor if you're a first-year certified administrator. Mm. So I have my predecessor in this seat is actually my mentor officially, which is great. He even said that, but that was part of the second thing he said to me. was like, listen, I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff. I'm going to be able to counsel you, but you won't really be able to understand it 100% until it's your budget. Until you build it, you won't get it, I think is the way you put right. it. His name's Joseph Lenz. He's a great guy. But- I think the first couple of months have been very good. Again, drinking out of a fire hose. I think my schooling and internship really helped though. The academic portion, I'll call it, in the classroom, or I guess on the virtual classroom, gives you all the background and the sort of uh, how it should be by the book. And then you go in the internship and you get to sit there and you're doing projects. You're sitting at the side of the table, listening in and really seeing how it really works. I'm not going to say you're going to get 100% of the job figured out by doing that, but you go a long way past just the books. The other thing I think that the schooling did is really well is that it gives you a great opportunity to connect with people and get your network built out. You really need to have that in order to start finding the opportunities. If it wasn't for that, I I wouldn't have necessarily been able to 
get the additional learning about answering some of those interview questions properly and things like that. What could they do better? I think maybe having a earlier view of what that reality looks like. Maybe have more guest speakers in the earlier classes. We had a bunch of towards the end, but if there was one or two in the earlier classes to see how relevant what we're learning is in the real world, I think that'd be a really nice plus Hmm. because sometimes in the first sort of half of the program, you're thinking you're getting it the right way, but you're not seeing necessarily how it plays out. Got it. Chris, you mentioned that, just as an aside, did I ever, were you ever in Dr. Jenna Avery's class Yes. Did I ever come? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think Did we got spoke in that one, Jack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I started to call you. Okay. Again, as well. That's great. So, listen, it sounds like you got a great handle on things. I think that's part of the biggest thing here. I think about myself when I first started and many of my colleagues. So, you have that mentor that's great. And I guess they helped you guide you a little bit on where to start and go. But what other resources besides them? Like, Where's your go-to for guidance? Do you ever call on John? Do you ever call on other folks? When you first started, like, where'd you know where to go? Yeah, no, again, I think some of it, first of all, I will call on anyone who is willing to listen. Sometimes. <laughs> no shame, man. Of course. <laughs> you know? yeah, and by the sure. way, if it makes any sense and somebody thinks it's a good idea, they're willing, I'm happy to have them call me. Or give me maybe another month or two, but I'm happy to repay the favor, as they yeah. say. Always. Pay it for, 100%. Yeah. So that's the first thing I say. I think the other thing, too, is that's a great idea is to go to some of these conferences that ASBO does. Not to plug them too much, but having gone to the, I think it's the one in June called the Education Summit. It's Summit. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Education Summit. Meeting folks there and being able to see professors live and also connect with other SBOs was a great resource. But I would say the resources, use the ones you have at hand in terms of any mentors, other people you meet through your classes even, because, you know, I was somebody new coming to the world of education, but there are plenty of people in there who have been in education for a long time. And while they maybe aren't a resource for exactly the right way to do something on a capital project, for example, mm-hmm. they're a great resource for understanding the background of how does civil service work or why is the school systems do X, Y, or Z the way they do something that someone like myself would never understand right off the bat. I think I like to, I think I have a better handle on it now, but always room to improve. Yeah. I, you've mentioned that's networking good. a few times, and I think that's such an important piece of what we do because sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and it's okay to reach out to your colleagues and build your network in this <laughs> profession. And I think by now, Chris, that I think most everyone fellow SBOs are willing to lend a helping hand. It is a really nice group of people, whether it's in the state of New York or it's across state lines. There's just a vast network of people that are willing to really help you out and help you succeed. So some really good points there. I just want to change gears a little bit. This is specific to you and your district. When we were talking through your internship and you were looking at different jobs, this one came up at your current district. And I thought it was so interesting just how you're set up and just your circumstances are so very unique that I hadn't really seen anything like it. So can you give us just an overview of your district and why it's so different than other public schools in New York? Absolutely. I'm going to take a step back first, though, and tell you that I love being here. Highland Falls, Fort Montgomery, across the board, it's been <clears throat> a terrific experience the last, whatever, it's eight weeks. Everything from the board is so supportive, the superintendent and sets up such a great culture, And everybody I've met from custodians all the way to teachers to anybody, it's just uh, everybody here is really focused on doing the right thing for students. And I am blessed to have a terrific team, a treasurer, a clerical person, and then a payroll manager who is just makes a big difference. Making me look pretty smart. Making me look pretty smart. But to get to your point though, John, so this district is pretty unique in the fact that unlike most, most school districts in the state who can actually tax all of the land in which their district resides, 
We are right up close to wonderful West Point, which is terrific. The problem is the federal government then owns the vast majority of the land on which the school district exists, which means we can only tax 7% of our land. That's crazy. It's insane. So you end up with a situation where probably like your guys' budgets are, I don't know, 70, 80% locally funded, right? Through your property taxes. Yep. Some even higher, yeah. Some even higher. Mm -hmm. I'm at 30%. Okay. It's basically a third, a third. State aid, our local taxes, and then we have what they call sort of federal impact aid. And what that is, it's meant to compensate, or I should say, make up for the fact that we can't tax that land because the federal government's utilizing it. And there's different types of federally impacted areas. For us, it's the land. The the funny part of that, though, it means that I we have a unique situation where I have to go down to D.C. for conferences, and I'll say lobby Congress in a way to make sure we actually get the money, (laughs) which that'll be an interesting experience when I do it in September for the first time. But because while federal law appropriates it, they don't always fund it. So it's not necessarily a guaranteed thing. So you got to go knocking and reminding We got to make sure it happens. And there's all kinds of different things. So we're the district administration here. We're all connected in with those units and different groups. Similar like an ASBO, for example, right? There's one that's called NAFIS or FLISA. Don't worry about what the acronyms mean, but they are basically focused on ensuring that federally impacted schools get the aid they need. And so we're Mm. a part of that. And I'll be meeting some of those folks come September. But it definitely adds an interesting challenge because the uncertainty of that aid on top of the fact that if you want to do something wonderful in your district, like a new capital project or what have you, you're looking at funds coming from different areas. Now, capital projects are a whole different thing. But let's say you want to try and put some money away every year to try and maybe create a capital reserve. You're going to have a lot less to deal with and right. work with. Them. And you're obviously, you're still subject to the tax cap too, right? Absolutely. Mm. All the same rules. A lot of constraints. So we get yeah. a lot of constraints, but it's a... It's an opportunity to be creative. Yeah, Certainly. Yeah. And, and I mean, another, another opportunity to build out your networks even more than just your New York State affiliates. I'm sure you're going to meet all sorts of people when you're down in D.C. Yeah, D.C., that's big. Those. That's pretty cool, though. And yeah, best of luck. Yeah, I think uh, actually our superintendent was actually on your guys' podcast here, I guess, about a couple months back. That's where I got yeah. to do a little, do my homework on learning about it before the interview. And he notes the fact that that's part of the job is that it's rare that we that the, that the business official gets to kind of get out of the district and go off and fly someplace to go and deal with some of these interesting yeah, well, challenges. You look like Chris, you're going to definitely well represent that. And I sure, you know, you have all the wherewithal know-how in such a short time. And I got to <laughs> say, I really appreciate you sharing this story. Me learning, number one, more about your district and the difference, which is great. Just to, to, to encapsulate that for our listeners, but then really to show how you've come. And just like I said, the short period of time, eight weeks, two months, whatever you want to call it. And with that, like you said earlier, you, you can shed light yourself. And I think personally too, I agree with you. It could be two days. It could be two months, two years. You always have something you can share. So we have everybody who comes on toward the end. Just go ahead and just, if you can, and give any bit of piece of advice to any SBO, newer or experienced. Yeah, again, I appreciate you saying that, though. I'm not sure how much I can give to experienced SBOs, but that's oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. But maybe it's a reminder for them and something for the new guys to learn is this job is 80% non-number. I got that feeling when I was learning about it. It was reinforced in my in my schooling and certainly working with John in the internship. But sitting here now for two months, I... Yes, we're doing all the right things and getting the numbers up to the state and we're doing all we have to do to make sure the budget's right and we're doing all the PO process, all that stuff. 
But this week alone, I've dealt with freezer that broke over the weekend, bus challenge routes that we have to reorganize. But on the positive side, but on the positive side, you've got like team leadership and management stuff you got to do. Make sure you're growing your people. We have again. Our powerlifting team apparently did all this great stuff last year. So now they want to go to the world championships in West Virginia. How do I figure out how to help them get there and pay for a bus? It's like, so it's, it's not always just about the dollars and cents. And I think the vast majority of this work is not about that. It's about trying to make good decisions in the non-financial space. As I maybe a little mushy, I always say, I think of this as the engine that fuels this train that's that the teachers and the principals and stuff are really taking the children towards where they need to be. So right. I, it's about how do we ensure that we're firing that engine the right way? And that involves a lot more than just the numbers. Yeah. Well said, Chris. And I laugh because you're totally right. I think our title suggests that we are financiers and we do a lot of business, but in my experience too, it's just so much more than just putting a budget together. It's, it's, so you, you hit the nail on the head. But with that Definitely. said, we can't thank you enough for coming on. You, you're doing incredibly well. I'm proud yeah, you know, that, thank you, that you're doing so well, but we, we look forward to seeing how your career pans out as a new school business official and I'm hoping to learn from you soon. You got plenty to show. Well, I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. Thanks guys. I appreciate being here. It was a good time. Yeah. Thanks Chris. Appreciate you as well. All right. Take it easy. Thank you again for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Chris. I want to personally thank him again for his time today. I know he's busy, new on the job, two months in, but offered a lot of great insight, and I know he's going to do exceedingly well at his district. Chris is awesome. Really great, John. I got to say this, that what he alluded to about the 80% is so true. I mean, wouldn't you agree? And just to think, just tweaking, I think his resume, what he said to where it spoke more to his highlights, I yeah, think that's why he got hired. Yeah. It spoke to his directly to his ability and his skill set, which is, as you can see by how he spoke so well, he's fitting right into the fold as a school for So for those, even I would say not even our peers out there, superintendents out there listening, what you might want to be looking for is that kind of, like I said, skill set. And, and kudos to his district, his superintendent and his board for giving him the opportunity to get his foot in the door, because that's always a calculated risk when you're bringing somebody in who hasn't mm-hmm. sat in the seat before, but they obviously made the right choice. And I yeah. think you and I know that may be the norm moving forward with just so many vacancies yeah. coming up. Hats off to his district. But the right risk comes the right reward. And I think right. that they'll be highly rewarded by this because he's awesome. So. Listen, folks, this is great. We're moving along. Can you believe, John, we are at the end of August, school starting. We, we do want to say we always have a little bit of an episode going into school. John, I'm going to be so busy in September. It's going to be We're a busy month. Portland. <laughs> yeah, we're going out to Portland, going up to Albany, I tell you. But it's going to be exciting, too. But listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Remember, hit us on our website. Hit us info, social media. We're there. The launch for Asthma International is coming, too, also. Yeah. So thanks. We thank you. And John, just sending them out. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.